Get a little more out of watching NBA games with Daily Fantasy. Every Nasir Little dunk, LB3, or Nurkic block means so much more when you're playing with DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TBPN to receive $200 in free bets when you place $1 bet on any college football game. That's promo code TBPN to get your free $200 in free bets instantly for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Bingo, bango, bongo, Bucket Busters. I'm your special host for this episode, Laser Ben. And I'll be steering the ship tonight to let Tim and Eric do what they do best. Bicker back and forth. Just play with you on that one. They're here to have a thoughtful and in-depth conversation on what's going on in the NBA and beyond. Tim! Yo. How does it feel to be on the other side of this go-around, man? It's good, man. Feels like I'm kicking it old school. Good, good, man. Well, we'll see how this rolls. And Eric is back, and spoiler alert, has joined the crew to be a regular presence here on the Bucket Busted Podcast. Welcome back, Eric, man. Thanks for joining hey. us on this wild ride. How you doing? Yeah, hey, I am great, man. I had so much fun last week. I had felt like I had to come back on a regular basis. Yeah, man, and I heard you're all styling and grooving and ready to go with that new new equipment you got up and running. Yeah, uh, I got a new mic, some headphones, had to buy a new computer to hang out with you guys, and uh, it's it's really impressive how much money you have to spend to not make any money. <laughs> gotcha, man. Well, we'll get you on that uh, reimbursement check coming back to you sometime in 2025, all right, man? <laughs> check, check, check's in the mail. <laughs> all right, Jack Burton. <laughs> All right, guys, we got we got some stuff to talk about on this episode. First thing we're going to hit is the Summer League. Game one is in the books. Game two is going right now as we record this on Tuesday night. Anybody going to make the final roster off the Summer League uh, Summer League games that are going on? You know, and, and big news is that Dame wins a gold medal playing through injury the whole time. And... One other thing that is of note is the new NBA rule change. It came down the pipeline today. It's to prevent the use of non-basketball moves. And then, of course, we finally finish up with props. Tim, Eric, let's get the ball rolling with Team USA. Anybody catch that gold medal game? Uh, I did. Uh, Well, most of it, anyway. Like the final three quarters. Uh, It was, you know, I got to say, man. Team USA basketball this go around was not as exciting for me as it has been in years past. And I don't know if COVID kind of has a big part to do with that, but it's, I don't know, man. Like all I'm seeing is KD making buckets while the rest of the team just kind of runs around and does a few things here and there. But like, I mean, really like what, what are we seeing here? I'm not, I'm not used to, Team USA being so lackluster. I, I don't know. What, I, what are your thoughts on it, Eric? Because I feel like I've seen much better basketball in years past. Uh, I agree. I mean, it's the, the problem for some of us 
older guys is that we were able to see the dream team and we were able to see the 96 team and then you know the 2008 and 2012 teams like we talked about and it's not even debatable that those guys played better basketball so that not only were they winning gold but they were actually really fun to watch there's not a lot of fun and i like the guy but for example watching javel mcgee play basketball doesn't really do much for me <laughs> come on man javel mcgee he's got a championship he's got a gold medal now you know all he needs is all nba now well and don't get me wrong i'm talking hey, you, about you think he's gonna get that all nba benjamin <laughs> you really think he's gonna get there at how old is he like 30 30 something right uh, absolutely not no no that's that's a pipe dream for him but I respect the guy, you know, and he was just an example, but I respect guys like that who are coming in as utility guys and coming in and playing. But sure. I mean, in the past you had utility guys like Tayshawn Prince, which is a little bit different. You Dude, know, I, and I'll say it again. Carl Malone to me was one of those utility guys, man. Like he, he was a star on his own team, but when he was on the, the dream team, he was not the star. Well, and you I mean, I, you've also got Kenneth Fareed. He was a utility player who won on the, what, 2014 Olympic team, I believe? They won gold? Is it 16? I think it was 16. 16, correct me. Yeah, yeah that's why you're the, you're the encyclopedia, Eric. You know, that's why we're bringing you on here. <laughs> so, you know, we don't have an intern to throw us stats. I think another thing, too, guys, is that you, like Tim is saying, you had guys who were bonafide superstars in their own right who were willing to come in and do dirty work. They didn't have to bring in players who on their regular NBA resume had dirty work player as one of their, <laughs> their skills. You know, you had guys like Chris Mullen, you guys, you had guys like Malone, you had guys like Stockton who were just coming in and kind of, it was a get in where you fit in kind of thing. And those guys were willing to do that. And now you don't have those guys. James Harden is not going to come in and play six minutes a game on the USA team. You know, there's just, there's a lot of ego involved and there's a lot of other things that play into that. And I, I agree with you, man. I feel like it's a less enjoyable product to watch. Yeah. I mean, and I think it also, you know, you can't discredit the fact that coach pop knows how to win games, but his brand of basketball is some of the most boring brand of basketball I have ever seen in my entire life. It, it gets did, results, but did you guys, sure, but... Did you guys that? see that video of Pop, though, in the lobby doing the drills? Sure. Man can, man can still do it, though. Sure, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it still, I mean, it still doesn't it. mean his brand of basketball is, is less boring. You know what I mean? Like, look... I give him all the credit for for winning the game, or for winning the the gold medal. I'm I'm happy the U.S. did because the U.S. should. We should the U.S. should have the highest caliber basketball players to put out on the floor. But you know, I I, I think there are a lot of factors. I think it's pop style of ball he wants to to, to play. There's the fact that you know we have these utility you know rotational players coming in and playing on team usa and i think it's the fact that the rest of the world is just better these days there's there's i mean what was it um 
I think it was France. The France team had all five of their starters were starters in the NBA. Am I wrong there? Or at least at least players uh, in the NBA. <clears throat> False. The Batum, Gobert, and Fournier were, but the Decolo and Yabusle uh, are not starters. Okay, well, they may not be starters, but they're players. And they're they've they're got, they've got they got NBA players on their bench like Vincent Poirier and Frank yeah. Nikilana and uh, Timothy Timothy Cabaret. Yeah. Cabaro. So you know they've got a well-rounded lineup. You would say you know for being a your France team. Yeah, and and that's I, I guess that's my point is the fact that these teams um, traditionally have not had the the caliber of players that they currently have, but at the same time, man, like our guys just were not playing their best basketball. Yeah, and there's something no. to be said too about the fact that the international game, according to Luca, and then co-signed by Dame Lillard himself. You know, they said that it's harder to score and play basketball on the international stage than it is in the NBA. And I think that that's probably a testament to things that we know are going on, you know, league wide. And, you know, we're going to touch on that a little bit later on the show with the rule changes. But we have a watered down NBA. You know, there's the the fouls, the the lack of physicality and the prima donna attitude towards the game itself by a lot of these guys who are first team all NBAers, you know, has led to a little bit of a degradation of the game, so to speak, uh, you know, from a, from a competitive standpoint, whereas uh, the NBA is getting softer. There are guys overseas who know that they can get a shot in the league. If they play hard basketball, if they can be seen and their way that they're doing that is they're going out and emulating, you know, the NBA basketball that we grew up on where it's hard picks, it's hard fouls. It's, you know, you're playing through contact. You're not looking for a foul. Very little flopping anymore. You know, the Vladi Divaches of the NBA are kind of gone. I mean, I know that Luca likes to throw his head back and do all his stuff, but a lot of that is predicated on it on necessity, right? Because it's harder to get a whistle in Europe than it is in the NBA. So absolutely. I mean, and another thing to note, these aren't like 120 point games. You know, like the '92 Dream Team, they—they they, well, the United States won 87 to 82. So these are hard-fought games. What was what was the, the quarter length? What was the quarter length back then, though? Because aren't they only 10-minute quarters this time around? Encyclopedia, Eric. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, they were—they've—it's always been a 40-minute game in the international play. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, and, and just just real quick, there's a new documentary on Paramount Plus right now that I started of the of the '92 Dream Team. And, you know, they were leading teams at half by, like, 42 points. So, right. you know. You know what I would want to know? Um, Average margin I, of victory. If I if I knew we were going to talk about this, uh, I would I would want to know the shooting percentages from, you know, years past versus this year. Just to compare and contrast, because I feel like Team USA was missing so many wide-open jumpers. So many. Uh, uh, this year? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, in the gold medal game, Devin Booker was 0 for 4. You know, Drew Holiday, 5 for 13. Lillard, 4 for 11. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah. But. A lot of people that should be making those buckets aren't. So, you know. But I, I know we're a Rip City pot here, but I'm not going to put too much heat on Lillard. He had a lot of stuff going on uh, back home regarding his, his, his the team 
that he plays for, and he had that injury that I'm sure we're going to get to in a little bit. Yeah, man. I mean, we, we don't have much on the abdominal injury. I don't think much has come to light of it. You know, it just says that he played through it because he wanted to be a contributing factor, factor to Team USA for the whole to win a gold medal. Uh, and that he was going to come back to be assessed and, and, and go from there. But I don't think anything else has come out from that. Yeah, there hasn't. I mean, Jason Quick is pretty much the gold standard when it comes to breaking news like that on the local level. And he hasn't come out and said anything on Twitter regarding the injury, only that the injury itself took place sometime during the Olympics and he played through it. Um, I think he also said that this is kind of a lingering issue he's played with his entire career, though. Yeah, and I mean, watching that game, though, he didn't look a step slow to me. Yeah. I mean... I I agree. So, you know, there's a good chance that that's just one of those injuries that, you know, you just kind of learn to play through until you can't play Uh, through it anymore. I mean, do we feel Lillard was contributing to his fullest capacity, you know, this this gold gold medal round? No, probably not. For me, for me, it felt like he was taking a step back on purpose and letting KD cook because, I mean, everybody was saying it and I'm let's be honest it's kind of the truth that in order for team usa to win kd had to cook he had to get his because who else is gonna it's not gonna be Devin booker well kd had extra rest because their team got bounced in what the second round right so you know <laughs> i think dame is a good soldier about just about everything you know and i think you're probably on the mark, Tim, when you think that maybe he's just he's deferring a little bit because he's got two-time NBA champion, I'm sorry, two-time Asterix NBA champion Kevin Durant on his team. <laughs> um, and he did want to defer and go there because the press started playing up the fact that Durant could potentially be the greatest USA basketball player of all time, even though David Robinson won three gold medals. Um <laughs> even though Carmelo Anthony, you know, cooked in multiple Olympics, you know, it's kind of a, there's definitely a recency bias. I mean, so, so much so that you can ignore the fact that for the, you know, the first couple of games, regardless of whether they were in pool play or not, Damian Lillard was the best USA basketball player on the court. He was. And then, I mean, that's, that's what I'm saying. It's like, it's it, for me, it seemed like, he flipped the script and just started deferring to everybody. I mean, especially KD and, you know, people want to bag on Dame because he wasn't, you know, maybe playing like the Dame that we are accustomed to seeing and saying, you know, Drew is so much better than, than Dame. And and I'll give them Drew is better defensively a hundred percent. Yes. But I think Drew looked better offensively because Dame just took a back seat on purpose. Maybe he was recruiting. Hey, maybe. Yeah, that, that's man, we thought can of re- recruiting Draymond, you know, <laughs> but, you know, one can only hope. We can and hope. With that, and with that, let's move on. Congratulations to Dame and the Team USA men's basketball team for winning the gold medal, bringing it home. And let's transition to some summer league play, boys. The Blazers played, played the Hornets uh, a couple days ago in their first game. Came out victorious, 93-86. to um, And the people you thought that would be scoring for the Blazers were not the scorers. 
you know, Antonio Blakely who, was who the leading scorer. Hold on. Yeah. Who did you think was going to be the leading scorer? Beasley? Moutier? Ellaby? Come on, man. Lots, okay. of, lots of people. Our Rook? Mr. Mr. Brown coming out? There's plenty of options. Antonio Blakely leads the, leads the team with 27 points. Blake, you know? Blakeney? Yeah, that too. Uh, George <laughs> King, 17 points. And then our Rook, Greg Brown, with nine. You know? So, you know, Kenneth Fareed had eight. Emmanuel Moutier, who you would think have some more points, has four. Beasley with nine, the number two draft pick. Real right behind D. Rose, who's still in the league. What? I mean, did anybody catch this game? Anybody got I did. Any thoughts on this one? I did. And I will say, outside of Michael Beasley, I did not expect any of those other names you mentioned to be the the high scores. Uh, I kind of look. Blankney can shoot, um, and he showed that with twenty seven. I I never thought he would get twenty seven points, but honestly, going into it, I didn't think that that Kenneth Fareed was going to be a high scorer. He was never really a high scorer. He was a he was a guy that's going to come in there and get as many boards as possible. They called him the Manimal because he got the boards. Um, Ellaby, he didn't show me anything last season, so I was not expecting much. To, to be honest with you, I really wasn't. Uh, Moutier, you know, he's got some NBA experience. I I, I kind of figured he would put up something. Um, but you know, you know who actually really surprised me? And it's really unfortunate that we have so many guards already. George King. Big fan of that kid's game. Big fan. He, I think he ended up with three steals as well, but 17 points. He's that currently kid, two for 10 against the Clippers right now. Dude, oh, okay. Well, that's too bad. But, but, but we are <laughs> but up, just, hey, everybody, almost 20. We're everybody has a bad game. Right you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but I will say, look, the, the intensity that he played with, the fact that he was in the right spots at the right time, uh, that speaks volumes to me. Um, I wasn't too impressed with, with LB. I w- definitely was not that impressed with Michael Beasley, uh, nor Kenneth Fareed. Um, yeah, they put up some numbers here and there, but I, honestly, if it weren't for the fact that we needed a big so badly, I would say we probably don't need those guys, but you know, uh, Greg Brown, he, he was in, he was intriguing. I don't know what he's doing right now, but um, I thought his athleticism was ridiculous. You know, he his athleticism alone, I mean, he definitely looks like he would have been a top 10 um, prospect. But, you know, I want to see a little more of Greg Brown just to see what he can do. I want to, I don't know, I want to see if, what he can do offensively. I want to see if he's even a rim protector. Um you know, he got a, I think he got a couple of steals in this game, but I I liked what I saw initially with Greg Brown. But man, if we didn't have so many guards, I would want I would want the Blazers to sign George King. Your boy George King right now, man, has got uh, twelve points. So you know, might be a repeat performance, even though he is three for eleven from the field. Yeah, I mean, I I'd have to look at I'd have to watch the game. Uh, okay. which I have recorded or recording at the moment and I, I will go back and watch it. So I'll get back to you on that. <laughs> yeah, we got about we got about two minutes left in the fourth quarter and uh where it's it's favoring the Blazers uh, heavily. So you know. Right on. 
Spoiler alert. Uh, spoiler alert. Yeah, spoiler <laughs> alert for those people listening the day later. Uh, <laughs> but what? you know, I mean, I mean, the, the Hornets, you know, had had that star player. I mean, what's what's his name? It's uh, James Booknight. Lee, Lee Lee who? What's what's that oh, guy? Can you tell me? Langelo Ball, huh? Yeah, man. I'm glad you brought him up. I'm I'm sorry I'm stealing all all your minutes here. Eric, but sometimes when you get cooking, you just got to stay in the game, right? That so, was the plan for this, man. That was the so plan. You got to get Leangelo, going. Leangelo Ball. Oh, my goodness. First of all, I didn't think he was that good. <laughs> Secondly, I mean, I, I mean, coming into this game. Going into this game, I didn't think he was that good. Uh, but then again, I, I didn't think any ball brother was going to be that good coming into the league. But Leangelo Ball, man. I was so surprised at the reaction of the fans when he came into the game. The crowd went nuts. Yeah. They were loving this fool. And first of all... Including LaMelo, who was in the stands. Because that dude is like the third sister in Grown Ups that shows up. You know, like (laughs) Rob Schneider's first two daughters show up. They're like smoking hot. Well, that's, that's, you know, that's LaMelo. That's Lonzo. And then the girl with the swim cap shows up and that that's Leangelo, man. That guy, it's like the, the towel boy that gets to go in the varsity game, the very last game of the season. And the other team lets are him you, score. Like, are you saying that Leangelo ball is like a modern day Rudy? Yeah. Well, first of all, that's a classic movie. We don't ever degrade <laughs> Rudy. Okay. But, and that guy deserved his spot cause he worked hard. Leangelo is just, I, we don't know I actually he didn't feel work really, hard. I feel really bad for the kid, to be honest with you, because the pressure is on him from his father, you know, in the press to tell him that all three of his sons are going to play in the NBA, yada, yada, yada. That could, could, I mean, he may want to be in like an aeronautical engineer or something, and his dad just is such an a-hole that, you know, the pressure is on him to go continue to play basketball. He Maybe he wants to be a fashion designer. Maybe he wants to, maybe he wants to be a, 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 a nuclear physicist. You never know. But he can't because his dad has put all this pressure on him to go and play in these basketball games. And let's just be honest. I mean, he's just not very good. He's, I mean, I take that back. He is, uh, he's probably in the top 10% of basketball players in the United States, but 3% of those players ever play meaningful minutes in the NBA, you know? So go get your contract overseas if basketball is your passion or ask your brothers for a loan and go start your own clothing company. Yeah, exactly. But I feel I feel like he might he might start a series of salons. Did you see his skin? It was perfect. It's beautiful. <laughs> he so, had the most. So you're saying he had so the most. He doesn't get a contract. Basically. He had the most perfect complexion I have ever seen. He won't get it. He'll get a deal eventually. Giannis's brothers got deals. Sure. Yeah. He'll, I'm yeah. sure he'll at the bare minimum he'll get a two way somewhere. Yeah. If he doesn't go overseas like his brother did, he's already I just played don't look overseas. At him like I mean, I've never seen. I mean, it's summer league, first of all, so expectations are a little bit lower, and fan reaction is can be a little bit better because of the, you know, the circumstances surrounding it. There's not a lot of, there's not a lot on the line, so to speak. But right, I mean, he did end up with 16 points. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just nothing to scoff at, really. But Jared Bayless was summer league MVP at 29 a game. <laughs> so was Dane, though. Shout out. Shout out to Bayless. I like Bayless, well, too. He fooled I me. Too. You know, 
Yeah. Let's see if we can bring home the Summer League Championship like we did, what, two years ago with GT and Simons? You know, give them something to work for. But, you know, one little thing to touch on, you know, Nasir Little is not on the Summer League roster after participating with the workouts. You know, yeah. does this does this think that we're trying to preserve him for some meaningful minutes in the regular season? I think maybe he showed something in those practices that Chauncey liked and decided he maybe didn't need to uh, to play in Summer League. Maybe he's got a, a spot carved out for him already. Yeah, I think Eric? the numbers probably don't show it, but he's a really solid basketball player. And I think I told you guys that I saw him play in the Pro-Am and you could kind of see, you know, how a guy that averages four or five points a game goes up against high-level athletes in the same sport and just completely dominates them. And from what I saw, man, I think the guy's ready to make the jump. I mean, he looks like he's prepared and like Tim said, we got a new coach with different expectations, uh, a different set of eyes, the ability to evaluate talent maybe on a different level as a player versus somebody who, you know, played in college but didn't play a lot of pro ball and then went into the coaching ranks, you know. So Chauncey's got a different feel for the game than our previous head coach. And Little could never really crack the rotation with Terry Stotts, but... You're right, Tim. Maybe there was something that Chauncey saw where he's like, you know what? Let's just shelve you. You go get your body right. You continue to work on X, X, and X because Summer League is a feel for the game type of thing. I mean, there's two types of mm-hmm. players that go to Summer League. There are ones who need to experience the NBA pace, tempo, uh, understand the way that the game is going to be called at the professional level. And then there are guys like Beasley, who we have, and Farid and Moutier, who are looking for veteran NBA contracts. You know, so, and Nasir doesn't necessarily fit in either one of those cat. Well, he definitely doesn't fit in the contract category, and right. he's had two years to experience that tempo, and pace, and all of the other intangibles that, you know, kind of plague young players. So, yeah, man, and, I, and he's a he's a fan favorite of mine. I'm hoping that he he is able to crack the rotation because his wingspan, his athleticism, his ability to get up and down the court. I mean, those are all things. I mean, you really think about him, Simons, uh, Derek Jones Jr., if he sticks around. You know, if Chauncey decides that he wants to get on a run, you're going to want horses like that running, like filling the lane. And I'm excited for him. I would have liked to have seen him, though. Little playing the four? Little going to play the four in small ball, you think? Yeah, because I feel like he's very similar to Covington, you know, size wise. He doesn't quite have the same height. I think Covington six seven, little six five, but wingspan wise, yeah, athleticism. I mean, he can get up there. I mean, we saw it. I mean, he's one of those guys that can jump out of the gym too. Uh, yeah, I, I think you're right. I think we're probably. I think we can definitely expect to see him uh, playing the four, definitely the three and the four. But I, I think most of his minutes are going to come at the three. Uh, it, I, I'll be interested to see who we start at the three, to be honest. It's got to be Norm. It's Pal, dude. If if the current iteration of the roster is what we go, go in, into the season with. Yeah. Dame, CJ, Pal, Rocco, Nerf. There's your starters. Sure. If we're going with the current roster, yes. I agree. 
Uh, but then who who comes in for for Norm then? Uh, by the way, I hate playing Norm at the three. I absolutely loathe that idea. He was fine, but I just feel like he's better utilized at the two. Maybe Ellaby gets some run. You know, we've got Tony Snell, Ben McLemore. You know, people we haven't seen before. So you know. Again, McLemore, I would not want to see him at the three. I would expect a lot more movement out of our offense. So, yeah. you know, right off the bat, the first thing you could point to is you probably will not see Norm just run to the corner like we had Powell do, like we had Mo Harkless before him, mm-hmm. you know, like we did with Kim Bazemore. That three, that wing just ran to the corner and kind of stuck there until the defense was broken down through one-on-one play. And then that was a stop gap or a, a safety valve, you know, kick out for the corner three. I mean, but Portland has the pieces to move guys around. You know, CJ can move without the ball. Dame, regardless of whether or not he wants to do it or not, can move really well without the ball because you see that when he plays well with Nurk and Nurk is able to feed him on the move. So, you know, do we want to see Norm sit in the corner as a three? No. But if we're moving the ball around, then we're kind of playing positionless positionless basketball. And I think that'll be a better product and probably I mean realistically you're going to see Lillard average less points this season you know but you're going to see other guys step up because they're going to be more involved in the offense which then leads to smoother baskets for other guys you know easier buckets for guys like Nurk so put him at the three put him at the four put him wherever you want to if we're playing the new age version of basketball where everybody is interchangeable because we're moving guys all around like a chessboard you know Go for it. All but, right, guys. Well, well, I mean, that's some pretty good preseason, you know, summer league talk. You know, with that, you know, we'll see if anybody makes the final roster. You know, we got a couple spots left, I think. You know, so September 28th, training camp begins. There'll be preseason games in between then. And October 9th, the regular season. You know, I, I couldn't say that I, 19th. I'm really excited for the season to start, man. Yeah, me too. So. Me too. Uh, I'm I'm really I'm really curious to see what Chauncey's team looks like. I want to see some better defensive schemes. I want to see some more off-ball movement from our from our guards, and I want to see Nurk more involved. Yep, yep, yep. So we'll all be waiting with anticipation on the edge of our seats. But let's just get to something I couldn't be more excited about right now. The NBA rule change that they announced. New points of emphasis for officials Sunday that are expected to reduce the use of non-basketball maneuvers to draw fouls during plays, such as the shooter that launches or leans into a defender at an abnormal angle, something like a Trey Young does. The offensive player abruptly veers off of his path sideways or backwards into a defender. So that will be like a Steph Curry going in for a layup, and then he immediately stops, and the defender behind him runs into him. That's not going to be a foul anymore. The shooter kicks his leg up at an abnormal angle, hence Devin Booker, you know? Or the offensive player's arm hooks the defender, often in the process of attempting a shot in a non-basketball manner. They will try to validate these calls and not make them in the upcoming season i couldn't be more happy how about you guys it's about time 
This is the the best thing to happen to the game of basketball since they implemented those fines for flopping. Yeah, man. I mean, they did the flopping thing, and then you didn't see flops anymore. You know. So hopefully, I mean, this might be adjustment. Who knows? Because a lot of people have catered their game style to you know the lean in when they do the pump fakes and stuff like that. You know, yeah, yeah, Lillard's guilty of it. What you got, Eric? To a degree, you know, I've seen that a little bit that Dame is a guy who's going to have a little bit of his bag shortened that he's not going to be able to get those foul calls. Dude, how many hold on, how many times do you see do we see Dame come up just cross half court and try and lean into the defender to catch him foul? Those are the ones where you can say, yeah, there's going to be a little bit of some regression. Or or when he or when he rolls off a pick and tries to go straight up into the but defender. Those, see, that's the one where I say that is a foul because that guy is trying to cut through. He's got a hand on him. Dame's yeah, but if, but if he's but if he's leaning forward, if Dame is leaning forward trying to draw the foul, come on. Yeah. If you're if you're if you're coming around the pick trying to draw a foul like that, I feel like. I feel like that's no good, man. And and look, I love Dame. Everybody knows I love Dame. He's my favorite player, my favorite trailblazer of all time. But this dude has got to play to make a bucket instead of draw a foul. It drives me insane. And I'm sorry to derail you, but hot damn. Yeah, I see. I, because I don't think that, I mean, for me, I don't see him be as egregious as guys that we're going to see really take a James hit. Harden. For, I don't, I'm not going to name drop because I don't want to, I'm not going to be that guy that, you know, becomes a hater, but there are some guys who are big time players. And then there's also some guys who are role players who have just kind of learned how to manipulate the rules in their favor to get to the line. And I have never really seen Dame like that. And I'm, I'm really, I feel like I'm a pretty objective guy when I describe Damian Lillard. I mean, I don't give him, superstar treatment per se as my favorite basketball player. And he is, you know, I love the guy. I think he's the greatest trailblazer of all time. I think that what he's done for the city is fantastic. And I think as an overall impact, we have never seen a professional athlete in the state of Oregon, or really the Pacific Northwest. You could take Seattle too. And we've never seen a player, maybe Russell Wilson. I mean, that's the closest comparison that I could have of somebody who could just really embodies everything that the fans could ever want from somebody. So Damian Lillard is on a pedestal, but I've been objective about his game and I've picked him apart previously, you know, and in private with a lot of people, but he's not a guy like Trey young who is benefiting from these calls or James Harden. And if anything, if we go back and we look at these games, he's not a guy who gets a lot of these calls either. You know, he does not get the same treatment you can look at the numbers alone and say, oh, well, he shoots seven or eight free throws a game, but he should literally be shooting 13, 14 free throws a game the way that he gets hacked across the face going to the rim, you know? So guys like Harden, guys like Young, guys like Luka, unfortunately, those are the guys who are going to have to find different ways to score the basketball because the free throw line is not going to be as generous. But I know what you're saying, Tim. Dame Dame can be a little bit of a flailer, but 
I mean, I'm LeBron not going to call him a flailer. I'm just, I'm just saying he likes to jump in or jump towards the defender to try and draw the foul. That's all. Uh, but I'm also going to say I thought you weren't going to name drop. I know. I couldn't help it. I don't want to. <laughs> not because I'm a hater. I just, you know, again. Well, you know, you see it. You see it every every game you watch. Like, it's hard not to call someone out for it because those I, dude, eastern conference finals I, man uh, dude yes i call it out when i uh, in at the tv when i'm sitting there by myself or with my wife or my kids watching like i'm yelling at the tv for this for the same stuff man it's yeah. crazy look i love this rule change i absolutely love it Me i too. think it's going to be great for the game of basketball and i hope it uh, honestly it's gonna i think it's gonna improve the pace of play too Exactly. That was on my tip of my tongue, man. Anything that increases the, the consistency of the play and the, and the less stalling of it and the less, you know, sitting at the free throw line we have to watch them, I'm all for that. Yeah, I agree. So we got anything else we got to call out on that, boys? Or are we moving on? Let's move on. Yeah, well, I think that's a safe say that we are both, all of us, giving props to the new rule change. And that's going to put us into the prop segment. All right, with the prop segment, we look at a couple current events, things that are going on in the world, and we give our take on if we're giving it some props, kudos, you know, congratulations, or we're not giving it props because it says it's not really, you know, something that we would back or support. So let's start this things off with, do you give props to Las Vegas? for holding one of the most epic lineups in rap and R&B history with their Lovers and Friends concert going down in 2022. Let me just hit you with a couple of the names, even though there's a list of about 40. If you bring it up, it's got Usher, Ludacris, Lil Jon, TLC, Lauryn Hill, Ashanti, Ja Rule, Twista, M-A dollar sign E, you know, S-W-V. Next, too short. I mean, the list goes on and on. I just feel like this is a concert of all concerts. And apparently the first night sold out in like record time that they had to put on a second show, which also sold out in record time. What do you guys feel about this? You want me to take this one, Tim? Yeah, hey, go for it, man. Because I'm just, I'm still reading over the names here, just thinking about all these, all these hits that these artists have produced. Yeah, Mike Jones. I'm over here thinking about baby making music, man. Dude, that's where I'm at. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a, like my heart's racing. I'm thinking about TLC. I'm thinking about Usher. Hey. I'm thinking about all these guys. <laughs> I mean, hey, but I'm, I'm, I'm but thinking about deal, genuine Jodeci, like Keith Sweat. Like, come on, man. I've seen. About- so I go to the casino. Keith Sweat comes to Portland. I go to the casino to see him. Boys to Men comes to Portland. They go to the oh, Arlene yeah. Schnitzer Hall. I go see that. You know, I went to see the Backstreet Boys. So, I mean, yeah, props, man. I wish. I mean, I kind of want to be a hater and say no, only because I didn't. I wasn't able to get any tickets. But. Yeah, props, man. That's amazing. I I mean, 90s R&B is my thing. I have a 714 song playlist on my phone right now just of and 90s probably R&B. by each one of these artists, too. Oh, yeah. Every <laughs> single one that you mentioned. <laughs> Joe to C2? Oh my goodness. 
Yeah, man, this is nuts. I'm this almost 40 years old. I can't be having more kids. <laughs> I know that's so, that's that's the exact thought that was running through my head. Dang. So we got we got props from Eric, Tim. Yeah, yeah, I give this props, man. Uh, unless unless I, uh, well, we don't have to worry about me having another kid, but mainly because I didn't get a ticket. If anybody wants to float me and my wife a ticket, though, we'll be looking for for baby number three. Yeah, put me on deck too. <laughs> I'm vaccinated. All right, so yeah. big big props. Hey, come same. on with it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, so there big we props. go. We got props from everybody on that Las Vegas uh, epic R&B show going down in 2022. Let's head into the second one. Do you give props to DC Comics for coming out and supporting the LGBT community as their well-known character, Robin from Batman and Robin, comes out as bisexual? Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, that's that's cool. I mean, of course, I'll give that props. Um, I'm, I, I, ha- I haven't heard this story before. I'm just trying to Tim Drake read through it here. Yeah, Tim Drake, the character Tim Drake, apparently Batman, Urban Legends. He's bisexual. He came out, uh, you know, and it, it's getting rave reviews, man. It's finally, you know, people are saying like it's about time. You know, it's getting. Yeah, a lot I mean, of- you know, I I've read. I've read quite a few comics in my lifetime, and I know you have too, Eric. Um, I gotta say, like, I don't, I don't remember reading about a character that was, you know, bisexual or, or whatever. Like, generally, I feel like the kind of the trope is that you know they're they're all straight, right? And I feel like you know I, I don't see anything wrong with this at all. I think this is this is really cool. So yeah, big props, man, because, you know, we shouldn't be sheltering our children to think that everybody is just straight. You know what I mean? What do you think, Eric? Yeah, I feel, I feel like representation is important, you know, and the, as comic books and comic book movies and, you know, all things superhero become more popular, it's going to be important that, you know, all walks of life are included. And that is an, you know, part of the LG, LGBTQ community, you know, having that included in the mainstream media is going to be an important part for, for a lot of people, you know, people, you know, for me, Asian superheroes don't really exist, you know, so growing up as a kid, you know, you didn't have a lot of Asian superheroes for me to look up to, you know, I had Rufio and Hook, that was a big one for me. Rufio! Rufio. Rufio. Yeah. So, you know, I can, I, I totally agree with you. I think that, I think it's really cool. Um, Tim Drake is a longtime character too. So it's not somebody they just made up and, and put in that role. He's been around for a really long time. Um, so yeah, props, props to DC comics, you know, uh, Marvel did the same thing with Iceman, you know, Bobby Drake came out, uh, probably six or seven years ago, Bobby Drake and Tim Drake. Bobby, yeah, Bobby Drake. Oh, yeah, different. Next thing you know, next thing Weird. you know, Drake's gonna be, you know, <laughs> you gotta call me. Never mind, it's just not that Drake. Okay, just kidding. Just kidding. Okay, and on that note, looks like props are two for two so far. Let's bring it home with the third one. Kobe Bryant's NBA debut shoe is about to hit the auction block. 
and could fetch up to $500,000. This is his very first NBA game shoe that he wore. And if you have a half a mil laying around, you yourself could pick up this Adidas shoe. Let's see. How are we going to preface this as props? Are we going to give props to someone that's going to spend half a mil on, on Kobe Bryant's game-worn NBA debut shoe? Yes. I would give that person props. Who wouldn't want to have Kobe's first game-worn shoe? I, what I don't give props is, is the low price point. I mean, that should be like, in my opinion, that's like a million-dollar shoe at least. I mean, it's a size 14 uh, Adidas custom pair. Nobody's going to be wearing this shoe. I'm just I'm just saying, man. I'm just telling you what it is. You know, I think we Look, have a, a, a head here. My know? question, before you move on from me, my question is, what are they going to do with the money? Because if, if Kobe had his way, they'd be going to some sort of charity. That's a good. That's a good question. The article I don't think says where the money is going to go, uh, but it also comes with a ticket stub for the game, um, and it's got KB's handwritten initials on it. So you know, some personalization to it. Eric, sneakerhead, resident sneakerhead. I'm gonna just come out and say it. No props. First, mainly because his Adidas shoes were booty. Every <laughs> pair. Of, they wear booty. Every pair of shoes that Kobe ever wore with the adidas the three stripes and i and i'm a i'm a sneaker guy i'm i'm a big fan of the rod labor i'm a big fan of the stan smith the adidas superstar obviously you know the dame lillards but most comfortable basketball shoe i've ever worn in my life but kobe's shoes were trash man and i got fired from finish line in lloyd center for telling an oregonian reporter that his shoes were trash (laughs) when they were made by adidas i lost my job at finish line because that got published um but you know, no, I wouldn't. When you're collecting stuff like that, I can understand <laughs> wanting it and 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 the nostalgia factor. Obviously, you're not getting Kobe Bryant's initials on anything new, any you know ever. So, I understand that aspect, but I also like it's not an Air Jordan. It's not one of his Kobe models when he went to Nike, which are. I mean, I don't know if any of you guys ever put on a Kobe Bryant basketball shoe, but I can't think of a better shoe. Like, I've never put a more comfortable basketball shoe on than the Kobe 5. Being from PDX, I never put on a Kobe shoe. And I honestly probably never will. Because they're low tops, man. Aren't they low tops? Yeah, yeah but I'm trying exactly. to give me some Bruce Lee's, man. He's got he's got a Bruce Lee Protro model, and right now it's going for about 350 400 when I can find one for 250, I'm swooping in and I'm grabbing that pair. Game of Death, Bruce Lee, on a Kobe That's shoe. Dope. Yeah, That's yeah, dope. they're they're pretty nasty. But no, no props. I half a mil on Kobe's debut, probably like a top ten or you know I don't even know what model it is. I'm not even I'm not even inclined to look. But <laughs> but no, his well, Adidas shoes were no good. That there you have it. You know, there's a no props from our resident sneakerhead, you know, shoe collector, aficionado, Eric Foster. But we get a props from the uh, other half here, Tim Johnson. So it's a split decision. So well, that's you know, all I get. The other half. 
The other half. Wait, <laughs> wait, wait. The, uh, the other half. The glorious, the notorious <laughs> Tim Johnson. So we got props for the Vegas concert. We got props for DC Comics. But the, the Kobe Bryant shoes are split decision. All right, boys. It's been a good show. Shout out to our guest, Eric, the Encyclopedia Foster, who's now going to be a staple on the Busted Bucket podcast. Also, my co-host for this episode, Tim Johnson. And I want to give a thanks to the Basketball Podcast Network, DraftKings, and especially you, our listeners, our Twitter followers, and our Bucket Busters. You make it easy to keep stepping up to this mic. Keep reaching out to us on Twitter at BustedBucket with your comments and questions. We love building community with you all. Tim, you know what time it is. That's it for this episode. Don't forget to rate, follow, and subscribe if you're digging what we're saying. Remember to stay safe out there, Rip City. We'll catch you next time on the Busted Bucket Podcast. Thanks for listening.